Welcome to the Help Me Rhonda Show podcast. Help me Rhonda, help, help me Rhonda. Welcome to the Help Me Rhonda Show, where we interview sexy brands and help them turn their business into a profit-making machine using PR and media. All right, everyone, let's get started. Guys, I'm really excited about today because we often talk about sexy brands, right? Brands that know who they are, what they do and how they do it, and how to take and productize their knowledge and help other entrepreneurs. Well, today my guest is no exception. In fact, he is not only an investor in multiple companies, but he's also been a company developer and a business developer and strategist for other companies to scale, to remove themselves from their company so that they can actually start living the life that they are now wanting to or that they just ever dreamed of. And I tell you, so many entrepreneurs, they don't ever know how to do that. So why don't we go right over to the man, Monty Hook. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Rhonda. I'm happy to be in the blue chair. I know. You match so nicely. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. It's really, really cool. So um, on the show, we talk. I talk to so many entrepreneurs, but you are a real an exception to the rule because most of the entrepreneurs that I speak with are either just in their business, they're in it, mm. right? So I know for you being a business strategist and you work with a lot of other CEOs and companies, um, can you take us down the track of what you've done um, for other companies or what you do for other companies? Yeah. And how have you gotten to the point you are now having multiple companies running without you, living in Bali and surfing and enjoying yourself going, what's the next deal? Like, what do I want to do next? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's probably best to start right at the beginning. I had my first business when I was eight years old. Okay. And I guess... uh, (laughs) You're in Hanalei, right? It's good. So it's the the long history in business and just been doing it for a long time, which is, I guess, given me the the groundwork, laid the, the foundations that led me to that, but it's certainly not been an overnight thing. It's well, been okay, a lot of trial and error. I grew up on a boat in Sydney Harbour, okay. um, not because we were rich, um, it was because we were poor. It was kind of like a trailer on water. So I just <laughs> figured right. out from a very young age that if I want something more out of this life, man, I've got to figure it out myself. So I was cleaning boats in the harbour at eight years old, um, in the rowboat, scrubbing the side of the, the yeah. seaweed off the side. Not real, you know, much fun for an eight-year-old, but, uh, you know. It but was, you were making money. It laid the foundations. But you were also learning, um, you know, that kind of the hustle, the, the entrepreneur hustle. Yeah. Was your parents, were they uh, entrepreneurs or business owners? No. In fact, the opposite. They never encouraged me basically for anything. I was, you know, I, I mean, I, I loved them to death, but uh, they were young. They had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and they gave me what I needed to, to you know, to, to be successful. But really, I just figured it out my, myself. So it's kind so. of in your little DNA. I used yeah. to um, sell, I used to take Kool-Aid. You know what Kool-Aid is? Yeah. I don't know if it's American thing. Australia. Yeah. So those packets that were sour, but I would mm-hmm. put all the sugar in it. And I would make paper boxes and I would sell them for 25 cents in like third grade. And all the kids would have like purple yeah. slicks in their tongue. Yeah. And I got uh, suspended for like three days. But it was awesome. I used to make like 10 bucks yeah. a week. I think that's, just, that's cool stuff. That's planting the seed right. for the future, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So let's get you yeah. now where you're at now because you've developed multiple businesses, but you've done them in a very unique way because mm. you're not face down in these businesses anymore. Not anymore. No. And look, that, that was, that's part of the, the, the long history of being in business. And yeah. it's taken me a long time to, 
to figure out that actually I'm definitely the worst person to be in the business. And I think this, is a, this has been a hard lesson for me and it's a hard lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, yeah. is that when you're in the business, um, you don't want to give up responsibilities. You don't want to give things up because you like things being done your way and you're yeah. used to things being a certain way and that actually stunts the growth. And it's really just through a lot of trial and error with different businesses and just learning to trust, like learning to put people in place and then and just say, look, I'm going to hand this to you. You do it your way, like and actually giving people the leeway, I guess, the autonomy, to, fi- to, figure, the autonomy it to figure it out themselves. Well, OK, so but you said something that's important because I think this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm one of them. It took me a while to get to the point where I was able to build teams and trust them, mm. you know, because um, you know, we do want to do it our own way. But I think more importantly, we almost don't know how to teach someone how to run a division or run a, a spot. And most entrepreneurs don't think that they have the money to hire someone to do yeah. it. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. because a lot of people are going, ah, well, I couldn't really hire a team because I don't have the money, so I got to figure it all out myself. But yeah. they're burning themselves out. Exactly. And this is what I call the, the entrepreneur's bet. And that is, you're going to have to, at some point, bite the bullet and take the bet on paying somebody else. Yeah. And this is the hard part because you're taking money out of your own pocket. And what happens typically in business is people start making money. They make 100,000 a year, 150 grand a year or whatever. And you can do a lot of that on your own, right? And then you basically build your lifestyle around that money. And yeah. then if you want to grow it, then all of a sudden you've got to start, you've got to take money out of your pocket, right? And that's the hard part. And that's what I call the entrepreneur's bet is you've got to take the bet that you're going to take money out of your pocket, give it to somebody else, and it's going to it's going to yield you something on the other side of that. And sometimes it does. And there's a lot of, you know, figuring out along that way. But if you don't take that bet, then you're just going to stay small. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say then um, an entrepreneur should do? Um, like, how do they find the right people? Right? Like, how do they, how do, they do that? Mm. And then what if you don't know, like, I use the, like, the term SOP, right? Standard operating procedure. Yeah. What if you actually don't know the standard operating procedure, yeah. how to hand it off to someone? Do you have to find someone that already understands that area or that division in your company? Yeah. So what I would say is this. <clears throat> I think where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong with trying to hand things over mm-hmm. is trying to hand things over which are things that they, they don't like, first of all. Mm-hmm. So example, if you are a small team and what I say to people is there's nobody to... S- to sell the product or the service better than you. As the CEO, the founder, yeah. you should be doing that for as long as you can because yeah. nobody can do it as well as you. But what, you know, this is just one example, yeah. but what people try to do is they try to give that away. It's like, okay, well, I'm not the best salesperson in the world, so I'll try to find a salesperson. But typically what is a better approach is the entrepreneur getting their time back, right? So just the, probably the best place to start is a virtual assistant or a personal yeah. assistant. Yeah getting your time back so you can focus on nothing but the highest value activities. Mm. And the way I explain it is this. If you, I explain it like clearing your plate. So let's say every three months you went through a process of just taking 20% of the lowest value activities off your plate, right? If you did that four times in a year, well, then you're left with 20% of what you started with at the end of the year, yeah. right? You do that year on year, right? If you think of anybody who's done anything big in business, like Richard Branson, that's all they've ever done if you really want to break it down into pieces like yeah. that. And that just makes it kind of easy for people to understand because then it's just this constant process of giving away the lowest value and then uh, only focusing on the high value. Then the idea is do that same thing with your team, right? Because if you can nurture your team to be of high value, then you, you end up with a high-performing team. So that is generally the approach that I take. And it's usually... 
in the first stages of, of business, like somewhere between kind of three and 12 staff, you, you need people who can be generalists, right? Yeah. Who you can throw stuff at and let them figure out what is their gifts, right? And then let them go through a process of clearing their plate and figuring out what their natural gifts and abilities are. Yeah. And then you end up with people who you find that they are really good in this thing and then let them own that department. And they're working there and, and they're in, living within their highest values and they're working exactly. with long-term and, that's, and, and that becomes a high-performing, that's, that's a culture of high-performance. Yeah, now let me ask you, because I know that you run one of the largest uh, VA companies as well and you're kind of removed from that. You've developed it and built it. Did you yeah. do it this way? We built it, used the team and then started the structures of the company? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started that, well, it was... Um, uh, around 2012 mm -hmm. and I did everything in the start like I figured everything out but very quickly I, I put people in place to manage as much as possible and I went through this process and even to this day now I still do some sales right yeah. Um, but yeah very much that process of, of giving things away and it's th through that that I actually grew the business because I've been teaching people this kind of methodology I guess of how you know how to get your time back to focus on the highest value and that is the actual thing that helped grow that business well what i liked the most when you and i first met because you spoke at my very first and if i have a clip of it, it's gonna be awesome i'll play it one of my very first events um here in bali yeah. uh, which was over five years ago yeah. and your book had just came out yeah. which was the name business hacker business hacker yeah, yeah. and it was also i really wanted you to come because we're also big fans of Tim Ferriss, right? We were part mm. of one of his case studies. So it was quite similar. You're showing people how to leverage other teams and especially you mainly focus in the Philippine team, right? The Philippine groups. Yes. Um, one thing that I hear often with the entrepreneurs, they're like, ah, yeah, I want to use the, the groups in the VA teams in the Philippines or in other outsourced countries. But what happens is many times they then have to be the ones that actually know more mm. about that division. So you're yes. saying put someone that knows more, but usually the VA, you've got to teach the VA. Yeah. So what if they don't know how to teach them? Where do we go the, there? And th this, is a, th this is a little bit of a tricky part because what I say to people who are trying to build a team, trying to scale a, scale a business, and they're looking to do part of it offshore, yeah. what I say is, don't try to give a whole department away, right? So don't try to put your sales department or your whole marketing department and give a responsibility of a department yeah. away. You're better off building from the ground up of the lowest value activities and keeping the highest value activities with you and whoever is the, the key players in the business. Right. And that is the, best, that is the best way to scale. Um, so yeah, when it comes to teaching other people, um, I think a lot of people struggle with that because they haven't, haven't unpacked what they do because what we do over the years becomes our unconscious competence yeah. and we don't actually know what we do. How now, do if you want to scale a business, you have to deconstruct that. Yeah, you have right. to unpack that, mm -hmm. create the SOPs as, mm -hmm. as, as you said, and you've got to give that away in, in some way. So at some point in the game, you've got to figure out these SOPs and give it away to somebody. So ideal scenario would be if you can bring somebody in to support you, somebody who's like a project manager, high level enough person who can sit with you and go, hey, what do you, what do, you do? Let me document everything you, that you do. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes you know, a, a potential I way of I think that's really it. helpful because I think that's where most people get stuck, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, now, I, I want to bring in a bit of um, 
I call it keeping your finger on the pulse. So yeah, we can do that and pull ourselves out. But being a CEO, I always want my finger on the pulse. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's my control th- factor. Yeah. Although, I, and I want to get your opinion, mm. I have a goal that no matter what, if I want someone else to sell for me, I also have to be selling. It's yes. probably part of my personality. Like I set a goal no matter what. If I'm not making 2K a day, I don't sleep. So I know what's going on and what's who's picking up the offers and who's not and what's the right pitches. Is that something that you recommend CEOs and companies still doing? Or do you just say, no, wipe it off and let them figure it out? No, I, 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 I agree with you to a certain scale. Okay. And it depends on the business and the size, the size of the business. Yeah. Because there, there's a limited size that you can get to in terms of you know, being able to do that. And I'm somebody who thinks like you, I, I like to have my finger on the pulse and I like to make sure things are still working. And I like the whole, you know, Amazon, Jeff Bezos thing where they, they get every staff to do customer service, right? Yeah. So everybody understands what's happening in the business. Mm-hmm. And there's also that part of it. And it's me being relatable and humble enough and connected to all the team and, and all the staff. And yeah. I think that's part of it. If I was going to give away all that responsibility, it would be more the case that, I'm removing myself as the CEO and I'm putting somebody else in to replace me as that person. Ooh, That's right. And that person, I would then expect mm-hmm. to be doing what I was doing, doing what you're talking about, having the finger on the pulse. Yeah. I would be expecting them to do that. Okay, so putting someone in the place of you, it's like a chess game, almost like, yeah. you know, removing that. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Now, where are you going now? Like, this is important because you've built so many businesses. You've moved yourself out. You're kind of like floating over. That business is doing well. That's doing well. That one's doing crap. I'm helping these guys. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Like, is that kind of your mojo? Is just a build and lift, build and lift? Or where do you find your sexy brand coming in to play? Like, what is your heartstrings yeah, and- going and this is this is an interesting interesting one for me because and on the you know i mean you're brilliant in personal brands and all this kind of stuff and i've been a little bit lazy i'm going to say on that regard because i haven't needed to because i've had the businesses and and people like me can hide behind the business right because i'm very good at creating a business and then getting that to work and then moving on to the next thing so i don't need i don't need to do it however yeah what I've come to learn is that that has a limited capability of uh, me being able to have an impact in the world. There's some things that I've learned along the way and some things that I'm passionate about that now I feel more called to share, to, to share with the world. Uh, and I can only do that through building my own personal brand. So for me, um, I, I, I love building businesses, but my focus over the last few years has been more on what I would just say sharpening the axe. So that is me being able to achieve more, but by, you would say doing less. I'm not doing less. It's just that I'm more focused on my health. I'm more focused on my fitness. Yeah. I train two and a half hours a day, you know, when there's not a, when there's not a pandemic and yeah. I'm not locked down. Um, so I'm super hyper-focused on that. Mm. And that has actually been one of the things that has helped me to really uh, drill down on what am I what are my gifts, what I should be focused on and not focused on and help me remove myself from even more things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the focus for me now is, uh, is, is to almost kind of, I feel like I'm starting fresh, right? And I feel like I've got a long, lot of things to share around, uh, around peak performance, mm-hmm. around this importance of you know, sharpening the ax yeah. and being connected to nature and integrating that into business. Because I, I feel like 
uh, well, what I've noticed, you know, through this um, pandemic situation and what's happening in the world is mm -hmm. humanity is just disconnected from nature. Totally. And, you know, I, I, I now feel called to kind of talk about this and integrate this into some of my, my business and my talk. So mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't think I'm going to move away from building businesses, but I think I'm just going to do them in a slightly different way and maybe something of a figurehead for the conversation. Well, what, what I like about hearing this, though, Monty, is I see this often, right? People are, some, many will come in and say, I'm building this brand because that's the business. See, but that's really not the way it should be. Yeah. It should be I'm building the brand because I'm so connected to the impact that I want to leave. And yeah, there's money, there's jobs, all that's over here. But why put a brand on it if it's not connected to you? And I think that's mm. the key right there. That's like where the sexiness comes from. It's like yeah. you're finally going, wait a minute, I've done all this, but now you care enough to use your knowledge and what you've created and bring it out to the world. And that's really why the yeah. brand is it's at the right well, point. And there's also you. there's also some courage in that. Like this, yeah, you've got to step yourself in. You've got to right? you've got to you know step in. <laughs> You're step used up, to stepping out. <laughs> exactly into the you know the, the the bigger version of yourself and put yeah. yourself out there in the yeah, world. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely some courage that comes with that. Yeah. yeah, and and I can see that though. I think this is a development because I tell you the world needs more people like you that have done it mm. that aren't because right now there's so many that are going look what I've done maybe for one year. Yeah. Right. And then they're, they're the ones teaching. Yeah. But we need guys like you that go, okay, I've done this. I've, I've built, I've lifted, I've built, I've lifted, I've shown teams. Now let me teach you. Like yeah. that's what the world deserves to have. And I think that's what's going to happen right now in the day and age. I'm seeing there's a shift in the marketplace, mm. right? Where I'm almost calling it like the, the oil and, and vinegar shift mm. because everything's going to hit the heavy. The heavies are going to go down. Yeah. And those that rise, are the ones that are going to be seen as knowledgeable and yeah. have experiences. And my, my slant on that is that I think there's probably a lot of people in my situation who see what's happening in the world mm -hmm. and now feel called to like speak up and say That's something, it. right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah. think there's a movement of that. And yeah. I, I think there is, you know, we've had this movement in the world of personal development and wellness and you know, everybody's a life coach and a business coach. And I, that's beautiful for the world because that says something about what people are asking for yeah. and the direction, Empathy, the direction right. of the world. Want to help others. And, and I think that's just going to keep expanding. I think yeah. there's going to, there's more opportunities there, but I think, uh, you know, people maybe like me who have built brands have got to, you know, step into that and have to take a responsibility yeah. and not just hide behind the business and go, you know what, I've, I've got to, uh, I've got to take some accountability for this world that I live in and do something with the platform that, that I've built. Well, I agree with you. And I, um, I'm really excited to, I want to talk to you more about, um, Lighthouse, but we're going to close this show because I want to talk more deeply about this because we're doing some big projects here yes. in Bali and it deserves its own show. So guys, what do you think? Think about that. Someone that has done it, has been in the ground, that has not needed to showcase themselves as the brand out front, but they're the ones that are really doing the work. See, that's what I call a sexy brand. They know what they do, they know how they do it, and they do it well, and then it's time to emerge. I want you to think that way. And don't forget, if you are PR worthy, you can go to uba-links.com right now and fill out an application to see if we can get you featured in top tier publications. I'm going to leave you with this. One last thing. If you're going to create a brand, create a sexy brand. And if you're going to be anything, be unstoppable. See you next week.